This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And your sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here. And good morning as we wave bye-bye to Marilyn, who's just heading on out the door running to her little shop there on Spadina. She is, and yeah. I guess she's pretty busy with uh, people well, coming in for consultations. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, she's the expert. But we so need well no help turned. in that department. Was, we're, we're, we're really uh, dressed up, aren't we? I was going to uh. say, she's always so well turned out. <laughs> and frankly, my pajamas are getting a bit threadbare. Uh, this, this whole radio, sh- dressing for radio just doesn't work. Yeah, the work. heels. The heels are kind of frayed. You're you know? noticing uh, that? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, good morning, folks, and uh, welcome along to this uh, November 27th broadcast the garden show right off the bat uh, charlie got to give the phone numbers and don't let me forget the mantra okay? i will not 416-360-0740 for anybody in the toronto area and then elsewhere in the province it's toll free 1-866-740-4740 call early call often but one question per call kind of it be it fair to everybody else uh snow yeah, I, I couldn't believe it last night i'm <laughs> coming into town and Oh, a little flake or two coming yeah, down, and up north they're getting it. Seriously, yeah. They say I was hearing on the radio on the way here the four hundred, yeah, covered in snow, <laughs> lovely, bad visibility, uh, but. It is a kind of a nice, from a gardening perspective, it means that we truly are getting right down to the end of the season. I'm completely dermatizing myself. Dermatizing, <laughs> as in dormantizing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Crawling, hibernation, That's we call right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a lot and sleep a lot in the winter. Yeah, exactly. In preparation my, my for, kind of season. for next spring. <laughs> so what do you got on the go there? Well, I just wanted to say that, you know, I, we're pretty much done in the garden. We're not yeah. really completely done. For anybody out there who has tender roses that still need to be covered for the winter. Uh, I haven't covered mine yet, but we're almost getting to the right time. We're almost cold enough and consistently cold enough that the roses will stay dormant. Yeah, you don't want another warm spell moving in on you. They're talking 10 degrees on Tuesday. Oh, Lord, love it. So that's the thing, right? You want to make sure that the roses are dormant and will stay dormant. None of this putting a hill on the crown of the plant or the base of the plant and and end up keeping it warm. (laughs) Like, you (laughs) you want it to be, you know, nice and cold. Shut right down for the winter, and then the soil is strictly to insulate from some of the extreme temperature variations. Right. Your little list of things to yes, talk Dora. about. You little plugs. me to get to my little list? Your little list. You think you Well, <laughs> <laughs> number one. Actually, you know what's probably the biggest thing on my list, and this is like a serious mm-hmm. uh, responsibility. Uh, this coming Tuesday, November the 30th, uh, the Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting their open house, a seasonal open house from 5.30 until 9.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very relaxing. There's going to be cups of warm cider. There'll be snacks. There'll be, you know, some kind of funky foods. There's The gift shop will be open, so gifts for gardeners, great time to shop. Um, now, there is also a silent auction going on, and the silent auction is for fresh wreaths that have been 
decorated uh-huh. by some local celebrities. Oh, great. Isn't that cool? Well, this is where the pressure comes on because... You have, <laughs> have you? Uh-huh. I have a wreath sitting at home that I haven't decorated yet, but I have to get it together today or tomorrow <laughs> in preparation for it to be in the silent oh. auction on Tuesday. Uh, it's a fundraiser, obviously, for the Tron- Toronto Botanical Gardens. And I would think it's a heck of an honor if someone bids quite highly on your particular That's wreath, what I huh? mean. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be embarrassed because you've got to <laughs> yeah. realize Dennis Flanagan is doing a oh, wreath. Oh, jeez. And that's... Competition we, right I, off the bat. Yes, exactly. We to- totally compete. <laughs> then we've got Linda Reeves also doing a wreath from oh, House and yeah. Home. We've got Mark Cohen doing a wreath. We've got a whole bunch of people doing these amazing wreaths. Well, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't have it where they're getting more money for their wreaths <laughs> than my wreath. So, like, tons of tons of pressure. So that's what I've got on my plate. So if you can get out to the Toronto Botanical Gardens and join us at the open house on Tuesday, and remember where that is, 777 Lawrence Avenue East, so that's Leslie and York Mills, uh, 5.30 till 9.30 p.m. So not only, of course, is it shopping and cider and yes. wreath purchasing and, and bidding, but there's also a lecture going on that night at 7.30. A gentleman by the name of James Eckenwalder will be speaking on terrific non-seasonal plants. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is the, the terrific non-seasonal plants he's speaking on are the conifers. He's just written a book, and uh, it's all about every, you know, the conifers. And very interesting for those of us that recognize the importance of conifers in the landscape. Uh, good reason to be a member of TBG. Admission is free if you're a member. If you're just a general public person, it'll cost you 20 bucks to come to the But lecture. well worth it because they have a chance to bid on Charlie Dobbins' wreath. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So no pressure there, just tons of pressure there. So speaking of pressure... <laughs> I'm, I'm doing sign language. Oh, by the way, when you call in yes. to our numbers... Grace you'll... has a deep voice. No. Yes, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's changed dramatically into David. David's our producer now. and Welcome to the show on an official basis, Dave. Yeah. And uh, he'll be the first uh, voice you speak to. But you want to speak to some other issue here. I do mm. definitely want to just mention, don't forget Sierra Sill. As we get into some of this cold weather and we start having to uh, get out and shovel snow and uh, cool weather having causing some stiffness in the joints at the best of times, Sierra Sill is... Um, a, um, it's a nutritional supplement. It's not a nutritional supplement. It is a mineral supplement that you take on a daily basis to keep your joints moving, keep them, keep them limber. Rust-free. <laughs> Rust-free, yeah. exactly. <laughs> kind of like WD-40, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except not as messy. So <laughs> Sierra Sil is a pill that you take on a daily basis, and it actually works extremely well for most people. If it doesn't work for you, guaranteed money back. Within 14 days, the Sierra Sil people claim you will have you'll have feel some changes. So, for more information, go to their website sierrasil.ca or call one eight seven seven joint fourteen. Well done, Charlie. Well done. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Yeah, the one constant in your garden. Sometimes you don't want her there, but (laughs) you'll, you'll probably find her sneaking around. Uh, yeah, digging up things. your bushes. No. <laughs> Weeding, most likely. Yeah. I, I see weeds and I have to pull them. You know, it doesn't matter where <laughs> well, I am. You'd be a great neighbor. Boy, oh, absolutely. Oh boy. Well, first of all, we're going to say hi to uh, Jack in Welland. Find out what's on his mind this morning. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Good. Morning. Good morning. Charlie, I'd like to know, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, I received a vase, and in the vase there was uh, four leaves. Mm-hmm. And these leaves, I don't know the name. But it is five inches across, 
and 22 inches high. Wow. And right on the outside ridge, very light, is red hmm. line in the leaf. And the stem is also red. So I'd like to know <laughs> what the name is. It, is it um, like an excuse me, oval shape or triangular shape? What's the shape of the leaf? It's, a, it's mm. oval. Mm-hmm. Five inches by 22 inches. Yes. Mm-hmm. And is it shiny? Or is it not so shiny? It's shiny. Shiny. And it's green. Shiny green. Like regular sort of Kelly green, bright green. Or dark. Uh, no, quite a dark green. Quite a dark green. Hmm. You thought I was get, I was driving somewhere with those <laughs> questions, right? Uh-huh. Um, hard to say. Could you take a picture and send it to me? Yeah, sure. That might be the best way to really yeah, absolutely. I- identify yeah. what it is. And you're wanting to know because you hope to grow this plant? I hope to grow it, yes. I'd like to keep it for the garden. Mm, if, if Likely with that size leaf, it's likely a tropical plant. Tropical. Yeah. So that's, I mean, things like peace lilies can have very large leaves. Some of the philodendrons have huge leaves. Um, coming just quickly to my brain was something called bird of paradise. Uh, they have huge leaves, so there are. I mean, they're very. They have a lend a certain feel just because of the largeness of their leaves, right? Yeah, it's a real. It's yeah, like another person big. living in your house, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, it's also kind of that for like it's a real, yeah, rainforest. You feel like mm-hmm. you're sort of in the depths of Costa Rica or something when you're around these leaves. I mean, it's just right. kind of a neat. Uh, they they lend a nice feel. That that's a good idea though, Jack, to uh, take a picture mm. of it and send it to Charlie Dobbin here yeah. via her email. Uh, I got it in. Um I put it in a, vo- in a, in a, in a pot with uh, t- uh, potting soil. Yes, it's unlikely to root from the leaf, though. It won't. Do. The, it's hard to say for sure because there are some plants that will root from the leaf, but not many. I mean, African violet is sort of one that comes to mind. That's how we propagate African violets because uh, there's no stem to, to grow roots from. It's the leaves that we grow little baby plants from. Oh, yeah. So how's it holding up since you put it in a pot? Yes, I put it in a pot. And I had four of them, but there's only one remaining one. Because they're just tending to wilt and fall over? Well, no. It's starting to go brown a little bit on the top. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The very edge. How about putting it in water, Charlie? Would that be a better bet than soil? I'd be inclined to leave it in the water that it came. Well, always fresh in the water, but leave it in the vase with the water the way you got it. Uh, and um, But if can you send me uh, like a digital image? Do you have a, a digital camera by any chance, or do you want the mailing no, I address? I don't have a camera, no. Okay. I'll tell you what. As soon as you, we get off the line, run and grab a pencil, and I'll give you the mailing address of the studio here. Okay. And you're welcome to take a photo and then mail it in to me, and we'll see if we can figure out what it is. And, and really, bottom line is you probably want to get that plant. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, uh, you're in the Welland area. Mm. Okay, so we'll have to think about where you can get this plant in the Welland area as well. Because I was going to say, I know for the best, really the best selection of tropical plants in Toronto, yes. uh, com- there's a retailer called Valley View Gardens, oh, yeah. uh, Scarborough area of uh-huh. Kennedy Road and Finch. They have every tropical known to mankind, and if they don't have it in stock, they'll bring it up from Florida for you. So, you know, in, in bottom line, I'm sure we can get the plant. We just got to identify what it is. All right. All right. Thank you. So Thanks you keep listening, and we'll, we'll get you the um, complete address. That's okay? right. Okay, thank you. Thank Thanks, you so Jack. much, Jack. Yeah, nice to have you on the show this morning, 918 the time. And um, Wait, just let me um, yeah. do this. And actually, while I'm thinking about it, here's my email address for anybody who wants to email a question mm-hmm. or uh, same ideas, Jack, if you have a, an, an unknown that a photo might make a big difference, feel free to, to email anything to me. The address is my first initial C and my last name Dobbin. So C-D-O, 
B-B-I-N at am740.ca. So that's my email address. Of course, the mailing address, or snail mail, as we say, uh, Charlie Dobbin. And it's 550 Queen Street East. So 550 Queen Street East, Suite 205. You know that off the top of your head, eh? Well, I almost did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the postal code? Oh, golly. Um, uh, no. Okay, so the postal codes, I've got this written down. M5A. Oh, yeah. 1V2, so 1 Victor 2. M5A, 1 Victor 2, Suite 205, 550 Queen Street East. Thank you, Jack. Well, there you go. Look forward to seeing that. All righty. Now, we're going to be on to our next caller in just a moment here, uh, calling in from Holly, New York. Uh, Fred, you're going to be on the line with us in just moments. Hang tight because uh, the Charlie Dobbin Show and indeed Charlie herself will be back after these words. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the undergardener or sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, uh, repeating the phone numbers one more time here, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And here we've got a gentleman calling in from the state, so he's on his own nickel. Holy cow. Hey, on uh, Thanksgiving uh, holiday weekend, Fred uh, from Holly, New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Go How ahead. you this fine hey, morning? Wonderful. Just great. Is How it... come you're not watching football? <laughs> <laughs> We've got chores to do. But okay. I, I've got a question. I have got three small rhododendrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 inches to 24 inches high, mm-hmm. and I am going to transplant them. I want to know what time is the best time to transplant. Well, um, honestly, because rhododendrons bloom in the early spring, we always try to transplant plants in the season opposite to their blooming time, just to try and not interfere with the blooms. So if you had called me back in August, I would have recommended that you transplant those rhododendrons in late August, early September, where the soil was still warm and workable and the rhodos would have some time to get the roots growing again before winter really sets in. Since you didn't do it this fall, if you have to do it bef- you know, sooner than later, then I would transplant them in the spring. Not too early in the spring. I'd probably wait till June, May or June. Uh, and get them transplanted, use some transplanter fertilizer, lots of water, of course. Uh, and, uh, but if you can wait, fall is really the best time to, to do, them, to, to do the, uh, the transplanting. And it's too late in the fall now to do it then? I would think so, because we always try to have about a six-week window when we transplant for the, the newly transplanted plants to get their roots growing before we have really hard frost. Now, you, I'm sure, have had some frost where you are. Yes. Yes. There's ice on the puddles this morning. Oh, there you go. Uh, so you've yeah. not only had some frost, you've had some hard frost. So the soil has cooled down quite a bit. And so I would, it would be hard. And remember as well, rhododendrons are evergreens. And they are very, have a huge tendency to dry out or desiccate in the winter. So if you transplant now, you're going to uh, contribute to that that possibility of desiccation because we always do some root damage when we transplant and it's important that these plants have roots out and ready to absorb as much moisture as possible before the ground freezes okay 
Okay, we'll wait until the spring. All right. Yeah. Before you and go, can though, you for... you tell me what your call letters are? I've been listening to this station for ages, and I have never heard them give call letters. Because it's a very, they're very funny call letters. It's like, yeah. what is it? C... C-F-Z-M. C-F-Z-M. Yeah. C-F-Z-M. Okay. But we're, Thank you very much. You can pick us up on the uh, on the web at AM740. That's the best way to do that. And where is Holly, New York, Fred? It's about 40 miles east of Niagara Falls. Okay. Oh, nice. Got a fix on it. Good for you. Thanks, and good luck with Thank that. Thank you so much oh. for calling. Nine twenty-five here on a Saturday morning with Charlie Dobbin, the twenty-seventh uh, already of the month, and we're going to travel near the uh, Niagara area, as a matter of fact, right now, and have a little word with Sandy. Hey, Sandy, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Morning. It's very, very cold and windy here. I know winter's coming, huh? Yes, I have a a question for you about lupins. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I believe it was you that uh, I called last year and. Uh, Someone had cut, helping me with gardening, had mm-hmm. cut the lupins down, and you had told me what to do, and they came up mm-hmm. beautifully, tons of them, but nothing bloomed this summer at all. And I'm just wondering if I should cover them over. Lots of greenery came up. When when flowers don't bloom, you know, plants that we expect to, to bloom, often I suspect that we're taking too much care for them. Is it possible? Did you fertilize them at all? No, no, actually I didn't because you had, I think you had told me to put a good uh, mixture yeah, of soil on top of organic. them last year right. over the winter. Good. So and y- I think that was all I did. I didn't fertilize them this year, but my neighbor who has some lupins on the other side of the fence here, uh, hers didn't bloom either. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if it was a combination of the weather being the way it was. It's true. We had that very early warm spell, and then we got real cool, and then we got warm again. We sort of went up and down in the spring there. Right. And jumped into summer pretty quick. Um, it's possible. And some of the early blooming things, when it's warm like that and then gets super warm, they bloom so fast and they finish blooming so fast, we kind of miss it. We think they didn't bloom, but actually they did. Right. Just they didn't bloom for very long because of the heat. It is possible that um, with all that lovely top dressing that you did, mm-hmm. you know, that good organic matter that you added to the soil, that is going to feed and and produce very juicy plants, which is why you saw those, the great green foliage. Right. Um, and it's possible that just that's what happened, is that the plants just utilized all that great soil and the nutrient, etc., and banged out a bunch of leaves and didn't actually set flowers because it, it was just too much energy going into all this leaf formation. Oh, so okay. I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. They, the lupins are very consistent flowers if they're given enough enough sunshine, no. particularly, and, uh, and just don't be fertilizing them at all next spring. Just let them do their thing, and they should bloom next year, providing we get the good, you know, good proper temperatures going on. And oh. they are in lots of sun, obviously. Okay, and I wonder... Do could you just give me one more answer about hydrange? Sure. Is um, The buds were all coming out mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just wondering if I've waited too late to cut them back. I've taken off the leaves, but there were so many buds coming up. These are hydrangea shrubs. On the shrub. Yeah. Are they, do you, you don't know what kind of, are they the hydrangeas with round flowers yes. or with mm-hmm. conical flowers? Tell you what, I don't actually trim my hydrangeas in the fall at all. Oh, I leave them alone in the fall, and if there's flowers on the, the shrubs, 
I leave the flowers because they get all kind of bronzy and they're kind of pretty, you know, the snow flies and they're, they're waving in the breeze. I just leave them entirely alone for the fall and the winter. In the spring, of course, I remove what's left of the flowers. Right. And then I trim based on, in the case of the round flowering type, mm-hmm. which are the macrophylla types, those ones I trim down to where new growth, like new growth is showing in the spring. So oh. only really remove the, the anything that die back, the dead growth from the winter. Right. Well, I left the flowers on one bush, mm-hmm. and um, I just wondered if I had done the right thing. Yeah. Well, so if, you know, don't worry about getting out there now. Just no. leave them alone. And uh, in the spring, the trimming is strictly, like I say, down to where the new growth has started. And that might be May by the time you can get to that, to, by the so time you I see would, that. Yeah, I would trim off all the tall ones, even though they have buds on them. Uh, yes. Okay. Depending on what kind of hydrangea, um, yes. if, assuming they're the round flowering type. So like I say, they're the macrophylla or the big leafed uh, hydrangeas. I will take those right down. Oh, about four, no taller than about 10 inches tall and sometimes even lower. Oh, great. So the bigger okay. and older the shrub, the more you want to cut it back because they really tend to flop if you, if you just let them grow up. They're oh, better to cut them down in the spring. Yes, well, that's terrific. Well, thanks oh, oh, so uh, much. Sandy, don't, Sandy don't go away. Just, uh, I need your name and address because I'm the policeman of the uh, garden <laughs> show, and I have to send you a ticket for making that a second question. You did it so beautifully that oh. Charlie was over overrun with kindness there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, usually one question per call, but you did that so neatly. Good for you. A, a, ne- a neat thief that we like. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, by the sound of your voice, you can visit me anytime and give me a ticket. Oh, oh, oh well, I'll there even wear go. my uniform. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, you Sandy. betcha. 9.30, right in the old schnozzle. Wow, line. we got our colors flirting with you now. Yeah, well, there you are. Yes, uh, not... Hope Di isn't listening. I was going to say. Matt is all hot. You have to borrow your son's uniform. Because, <laughs> after all, Frank does have a son who is an actual police officer. Yes, he is. And everybody loves a man in a uniform. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I can't go into don't, it. Yes. No, no, I don't go there, Frank. Uh, <laughs> just some personal stuff that I shouldn't be mentioning. Uh, we have to run on out to, uh, we'll bop along to Burlington. How's that? <laughs> and Joan has a question for us. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Uh, yes, Charlie. I'm uh, like you. I haven't covered my roses as yet. Mm-hmm. And what is the best thing to cover with them with? Uh, the main thing to cover them with is it could be a topsoil. It could be triple mix. It could be straight peat moss. Uh, do not use compost. Do not use manure. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing that's really high in nutritional value. The main thing is you want chunky material that will go over top of the roses, and it's the air pockets that's trapped between the particles or the chunks that mm-hmm. will actually provide the insulation. Mm-hmm. And you, you cover uh, quite deep? Quite well, deep, there's two ways. the whole rose? Um, there's two ways to do it. One is you can use what's called a rose collar, and that's like a, a little columnar um, gizmo that goes around the rose, and then we fill that up. Mm-hmm. And that stands about eight inches tall. Uh-huh. It's a very neat and tidy way, and it, you'll use less soil or less of the covering material if you uh-huh. use rose collars, just because it's so nice and tidy. 
But I find them a real pain to work with, literally, because you're down on your hands and knees. It's 90 below zero. <laughs> and you're trying to wrap these little collars around the roses and then twist them together and make them stay. Uh-huh. And, of course, the thorns are biting you and the wind is whipping <laughs> and the snow is falling. So I stopped using rose collars a few years ago. And that I just... soil will work. That's that right. Thing? So I just pour soil over top, make like a little mountain of soil right over top of the roses. Mm-hmm. And I, I start with the... Oh, it might be eight inches deep, as much as 10 inches deep is good. The, the problem, of course, is that when it rains and snows and wind and all that kind of thing, that that pile will settle down and it won't be 10 inches for long. It'll soon be down to eight or six inches tall. So mm-hmm. the, whereas the collars are nice because they do keep that soil nice and controlled. <laughs> and like I say, much tidier than the little mountains all over my garden. Mm-hmm. But certainly the, it works and it's much faster to just pour the soil on. Uh, or peat moss. Remember with the cold weather as well, if you're buying bags of soil to go onto your roses uh, or you're taking soil out of the garden, whatever, it will freeze and it becomes very hard to work with. So uh, this is, I was joking last week, I think, about bringing bags of soil into my dining room and having it thawed (laughs) under the dining room table, (laughs) keeping it nice and warm so that I can actually pour it. So that is uh, something as well to keep in mind, that if it gets too cold, it gets a little bit hard to work with with our covering soil, unless you can bring it into the dining room like I do. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm You're glad welcome. you called in uh, today, Joan, right. from Hi. Burlington. I, I might uh, just quickly mention that in Burlington, there's a terrific little bookstore. There, a different drummer bookstore where my little book oh, is uh, available. You wanted to mention that, did well, you? Well, I did. Uh, yes, I did. How you well, made how, that how can I retire as a millionaire if I don't sell these damn books? So <laughs> your little book. And what's yeah. your little book called? Oh, it's Frank? called "The Day the Welland Canal Monster Met Santa." Ah, it's a wonderful children's it's story. A timely thing to yes, be talking indeed. about well, as we are heading into the season. That's right. Very good. And okay. you're going to be doing a follow-up to that book, aren't you? The day yeah, that the Welland Canal yeah. met the Easter uh, bunny or something? <laughs> no, no he's, he's going to go visit his grandpa uh, out in Newfoundland. Oh, he lives okay. off the coast of Newfoundland. Okay. We should get a garden slant on that book, maybe. Why, sure. Maybe we could make something happen. Where we, you know, we could really promote it on the show. Like, we could read it on the show. We could The Welland Canal... Serialized version. Monster yes. could, like, be admiring gardens all along the St. Lawrence... Uh, See how as, quickly as, it gets away from me. I just, I don't <laughs> know how this along. happens. But <laughs> I assume he's Going via the St. Lawrence, right? Yes, right well, up are, the St. Lawrence. There are some beautiful gardens along the shores. Well, there, uh, uh, food, food for fodder, <laughs> fodder for thought. Uh, <laughs> and I better thinking I'm going to get onto the show here. Uh, back to the garden questions. Hmm. Uh, call coming in from Brantford. Joan is on the line. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, we have a begonia that mm-hmm. uh, we brought in, and it's still blooming. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know if we can save it for next year do we let it go dormant or what do we do was this a begonia that you bought blooming or you bought as a tuber uh we bought it blooming okay what i would do is i um okay i'm just trying to think this i would personally try and just keep it growing as a houseplant i would not try and force it into dormancy Because sometimes you will not find a little tuber at the bottom, depending on what kind of a begonia it is. Um, The label says begonia hybrid. Yeah. So it was in a pot uh, all summer outside, and you've brought it inside, and now you're enjoying it with flowers. and, And it looks good. It's healthy. It's, you know, perking along in a good way. Yes, it is. I personally would... Do not, like I say, do not try and force it to be dormant. Keep it in the sun, in a sunny location. Doesn't have to be right in a window, but it does need to be in a bright spot. 
water as required. The trick will be to be careful to not overwater it because it's very easy to overwater begonias. They Correct. have the ability to hold moisture in not only their roots but also in their stems, and so we can, they can turn very mushy very quickly if they're overwatered. Uh, and um, uh, enjoy it and just continue letting it grow in the house just like, you know, I've got geraniums, for example, growing in my living room right now. They will just continue to perk along all winter. They will slow down, obviously, as the light levels are fairly low. Um, and I allow that to happen. But come February, March, days start getting longer. Everything starts to burst out with all kinds of new growth. And you may want to, in the spring, uh, do some cutting back. Just It might tend to get a little scraggly and, and leggy as a plant. You know, each of the stems might at that point be kind of long and floppy. So come March, you may want to give it a trim just to help it be more compact and more dense as it continues to, to burst with all kinds of new growth in the spring. Right. So how far right back in March would we cut it back? Well, it would depend how, how big is it now, roughly. It's quite large now. So what, maybe it's quite bushy. 10 inches by 10 inches, kind of large or, or larger? I'm sorry? How large? Oh, I'd say maybe uh, two feet around. Mm-hmm. So what you'll probably want to do, because you're going to find it will continue to grow this, this winter. Not a lot, but it will continue to grow. So you might cut it back by as much as a third. So just an all-round haircut to the entire plant, back by a third, and that will cause some extra branching and, like I say, be a more compact plant and more dense and more attractive. Right. Okay, fine. Then. So thank you very much for your help. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you, you Joan. I'm looking at the clock here on November 27th. It's 9.38. We've... Uh, uh, we'll get to Laura in just a moment. You had a little note you wanted to pass along there? Uh, I do, actually. Remember last week we had a call. Uh, Joan just made me think of it when she was asking about the begonia. We had a call from a woman who had a calla lilies that had That's right. ended up with some seeds on them. And she wasn't sure, you know, what to do with them. And I said, you know what, just for now, assume that you can plant them and they're going to grow. But I'll, I'll let you know if there's anything super important to, uh, to fill you in on. I think probably the most important thing going after my research uh, indicates, most important thing is just to make sure that the seeds were ripe, that the, the pods that they were hanging in were actually mature. It's a thing about seeds. Eh? Just because seeds have formed doesn't mean the seeds are actually ready to grow mm-hmm. yet. So the trick is um, you, the, the, the actual pod that the seeds grow in needs to be ripe. It needs to have turned a yellowish color. It'll go soft um, and allow that, that whole um, maturity thing to happen on the plant. Well, of course, June has already, I'm sure, you know, long ago taken them off the plant. She indicated that she had taken the pods off the plant. So w- once the pod is soft and we remove it, breaking it open, we remove the seeds. Now, it turns out um, calla lily seeds do need to be washed. They have um, a secretion around them that will actually keep them from growing unless they're washed. So it's the old pull out the colander or a sieve or whatever, drop all those seeds in with your hands under lukewarm running rod, lukewarm running water, <laughs> wash those seeds and, uh, and allow them to dry. Like spread them out on some paper towel and let them dry uh, just for a bit. You know, a couple hours, it's just get rid of the excess water. And, and then you can store them or plant them right away. You'll have better success growing them if you plant them right away. And again, that's exactly what we said last week. Sow the seeds almost just exactly on the surface of a good quality seed mix. Give them heat from below, whether with a heating pad or on top of the refrigerator, and expect to see little seedlings start to grow within two to three weeks because uh, they are ready to go once those seeds are mature. And then it's just a matter of giving them light once they start to grow and you know, using your windowsill or whatever. 
Good enough. Good. Okay. I had promised we'd go to Laura. We have to take a little bit of a break just before we do that. So, Laura, you hang on there. We'll be with you in just moments. First, I've got to uh, get uh, Charlie to do her exercises this morning. And remind everyone that minerals are your garden's friend, but they're good for you, too. So try Sierracil. It's a natural mineral formula proven to be effective against aches and stiffness, making gardening and other activity or chores a whole lot easier. For more information, one eight seven seven joint 14 Wonderfully, wonderfully done, my little darling of the daisies. Back in just a moment. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And your sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here on uh, this wonderful Saturday. Uh, I wonder what the weather's like in Ajax. Let's check in with Laura and see if they got any snow yet there. Hi, uh, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Morning. Um, no, we don't have any snow. Okay. <laughs> That's good. But um, uh, I want to say that I enjoy your program very much. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, my question is, I have two little heather bushes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not doing too well. Now, I don't know if it's because of the season and it's beginning to die off or become dormant. I've still got it placed on my windowsill. Oh, this is inside? You've got this little heather? Oh, okay. It's indoors, and I've never had it outdoors. How long have you had the heather? Uh, Two years I've had it. Well, that's very good because they actually are not that easy to grow uh, indoors. It's kind of like rosemary, but hit or miss. You can be real lucky and they'll go forever or you can just suddenly have them keel over for no apparent reason. (laughs) Now, the windowsill is good because they do want a bright spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you haven't transplanted them at all. They're still in the same pot, I assume? No. um, I bought them in two small pots. Mm-hmm. and put the two together in a larger pot. Okay. And um, when you did that, you used a good quality potting soil? Yes, I did. I, I topped it up with uh, potting soil. All right. And I don't know if I've overwatered. I'm inclined to be too kind to plants. Mm, yeah. I kill them with love. To, yeah, kill them with <laughs> love. That's right. Did and um, so the heather isn't looking terribly healthy. Half of it is, but the other half is beginning to die. Mm -hmm. Is it because of the season? Well, it could be the spot. No, it could be as you said. This is an interesting time for all of us with indoor plants because in the summer, the sun is shining, the temperatures are high, and plants are using a lot of water, both inside and out. All of a sudden, we get into those shorter days, cooler temperatures, and plants start to really slow down in their physiology, in their growth. So what that means is that we have to cut back on watering. And of course, it also means we do no fertilizing at all in the fall because plants aren't using that, the fertilizer or the water. They are not actively growing. And you can have toxic buildup inside the soil if there's just too much fertilizer being added when plants aren't using it. So the trick is, if, if, you, if you're thinking you might have overwatered, whatever you do, do not water again until they're truly dried right down. So that's going to be a case of sticking your finger in the soil or if you have a moisture meter, using that little meter to indicate to you what the moisture levels are like. Even just the weight of the pot will tell you how much moisture is in that, that pot. And you might wait a couple of weeks before you water. Do not water on the calendar. Water okay. strictly on the plant's 
dryness Need. or wetness exactly needs. Um, now, if you're seeing a little bit of dieback on one side, it is. Be careful as well at this time of year because the window glass gets quite cold, particularly uh-huh. at night. And if plants are touching the glass, we do see f- frost damage sometimes on our indoor plants, uh-huh. touching the, the the pane of glass in in the nighttime. So. Always remember, we, we turn our plants, right? There's that 180-degree rotation just to keep the light levels even. Uh-huh. And there's that keeping the plant off the glass in the wintertime particularly. So if you've seen, you're have seen you seeing some dieback, just get out your scissors, a sharp pair of pruners or scissors. Trim out anything that's brown. Uh-huh. And like I said, do not water until a plant really needs the water. But do leave it in that window, on that window ledge or close to that window, just to keep the, the light levels bright. Mm-hmm. And give it time. It's... If you've had it for two years, it's pretty acclimatized to your house. So I wouldn't be, um, you know, don't expect to see a lot of growth, but at the same time, you want to keep it alive, right? Get it through the the dog days of winter, so to speak, and get it into the spring. And once you do that, you'll be fine because it'll really take off again. Okay, I don't keep the bedroom warm. That's fine. I like a cool bedroom. Cool's fine. And uh, it's, you know, it's just sitting there and uh, it was doing very well. And I thought maybe it was the season and not what I had done or doing. Well, there's no question. The flowers will fit. Like, they don't flower forever. So we do have to tend, we have to give a haircut to yeah. our flowering plants when they finish flowering, you know, kind of a shearing yeah. to the plant. So there's that anyway, which might be appropriate. Yeah, and just a little off the top and a bit <laughs> on the sides would be just great. You exactly, know? <laughs> exactly. So I could trim it then? Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Don't do anything too radical um, okay. in the sense that... In, you know, you could take off sort of 20% of the growth, okay. but don't sort of cut it down by half because okay. it'll be just too shocking at this point. Okay. Thank All you, righty. Charlie. Thanks so much. And Thanks good luck for with joining that, Laura. us. Thank Bye. you for joining Thank us, you. Laura. Bye. Nice to have you on The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin on the air here at AM740. I'm Frank Proctor welcoming Doreen from Newmarket. Oh, let me do a sound effect here. She's calling in about a trumpet plant. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Frank, Frank, oh, Frank. I know humor sometimes it's is so hard. Did you? <laughs> Hi, Doreen. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? Good. Morning, yeah. Doreen. And we do have snow up in Newmarket. Ah. Uh-huh. Really? Like like white cover? Like white, yeah. Oh, the dog wow. came in with snow all over her nose, so Aww. that's the, the, the clue, I guess. How sweet. Um, I was given, uh, I think they're called trumpet plants, a couple of years ago for Mother's Day. And last year I brought them in and cut them right down, and they came up beautifully this year. Mm. Now I've got them in the house, and they're all flowering. Do I leave them, or should I cut them down? Well, do you want to enjoy those flowers, or do you want to cut them all off? Oh, no, no, I want to enjoy them, but I want after the flowers have gone, and we're just breaking out in new leaf, too. Boy, those are happy. It's actually called, probably called angel's trumpet or datura. Yeah. What color mm-hmm. are they? Are they They're ivory? Yellow. yellow. Yeah, like a pale yellow. It's an upside down, yeah, upside um, down. trumpet, basically, mm-hmm. uh, facing the ground. Yep. They droop. Okay, mm-hmm. so what you want, what you did was right, and what you sounds like what you're doing is right. You brought them in because they're tropical plants. They would die, obviously, out in the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they're covered in flowers, so you don't want to cut them back now if you don't have to. If you have to, you have to. But, you know, if they're just too big, you have oh, to no. cut them back. Oh, they're, oh, they're big, but they're, we've, they're in the kitchen. Yeah, so if you've got room to enjoy the flowers, let them do their thing. I think you'll find that they will stop flowering at some point in the next, you know, couple of weeks, even month. Mm-hmm. At that point, when the flowers are, are finished, there's no more buds being formed. Just let the plant be. It's going to have to slow down a bit. It's going to have to have a bit of a break after the flowering. You can cut it back at that point, which might be December, January. But Mm -hmm. for sure, you want to cut back 
by at least February, March at the latest. Okay. So sometime between January and March, yeah, absolutely. You're going to want to do a fairly strong pruning to the plant, taking off as much as a third of all the stems and branches, shaping the plant, recognizing that it's going to grow two feet when you put it out next summer again. Yeah. And you want to be able to bring it in at the end of the summer and not have to cut it back before you bring it in. Mm -hmm. So that's always the struggle is trying to, how much do I cut it back to anticipate this season's growth and not be forced to do another, you know, mid-season cutback in order to get it through the door. Yeah. So I had to, to bring it in on its side; it had grown so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, yeah, raise the uh, roof to yeah. to fit the plants <laughs> in at some point. So that does happen, you know, lower the floor, raise the roof, or yeah. cut them back. I mean, it's always a struggle. We hate to cut all these beautiful blooms off. So try mm-hmm. and you know do enough cutting back in the spring that you don't have to do another big pruning until the following spring. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much, sir. You're very welcome, Doreen. uh, Thanks for your call. Another question answered from Charlie Dobbin, our resident master gardener here at AM740. And we'll be along, Charlie, in just a few moments here to talk to uh, uh, Barbara, I believe it is, uh, uh, in just a moment. Yeah, from Toronto. Uh, Meantime, we're at 951. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Charlie, I think uh, one of our listeners, Barbara, has a question about Sierra Sill, of whom you were speaking earlier. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Hi. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, what was your question, dear? Yes, the website for Saracel and the spelling of Saracel. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Got a pencil? Yes. Okay, S as in Sam, I-E-R-R-A, so the Sierra, and then S-I-L. So it's just oh, like, the C- it's like the Sierra Mountains. The, the minerals in Sierra Sill are actually from the Sierra Mountains, which is where the name comes from. So Sierra Sill is one word. Dot C-A. Dot C-A. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Oh, thank you and very much. They're very nice folks, and we'll take care of all your questions. And they have a great website. Oh, lots and lots of questions answered, and people standing by if you want to give them a call, one joint 14 if you want to speak in real time. Okay. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Barbara. Barbara. Bye. Erica, out there in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Oh, I love Niagara-on-the-Lake. Oh, who just doesn't a, yeah. love Niagara-on-the-Lake? At Christmas, boy, there's not a better oh. town to go to. And they have house, like um, decorated house homes. Oh, where you go beautiful. Peeking maybe, in and see Maybe Erica amazing. has one of those beautiful maybe, homes. Maybe, yeah. Let's find out. <laughs> Hi, Erica. Good morning. <laughs> Are you in one of those gorgeous old heritage homes in Niagara-on-the-Lake? Uh, no. No, oh. I'm in a little subdivision. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. that's okay, that's, too. It's a nice cool. area. It's beautiful. Uh, Charlie, my osteospermum is still blooming outside there. Wow. Yeah. It's They love the, the chill, eh? Beautiful. They, they're probably yeah. frozen in place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the east side of the house. That's good. Um, I'm calling about walnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the walnuts, it's a, it's a big, big old tree already, mm-hmm. and the, the walnuts um, fall down and they're black. Mm-hmm. Okay, they don't split open on the tree and then fall down as they're supposed to. Well, no, they will. Once they fall, they'll sit on the ground and usually split open in the frost. Like it's the cold that'll cause them to to split open. The freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing, that's what'll cause the the actual shells to break. But it's black and it's it's gooey underneath, you know, the outer shell. Hmm. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Well, there's that fleshy outer. Yes, yes, exactly. 
there is that. And that's what the squirrels love to chew on and make a real mess. And you're right. It turns to black goo and it stains the patio and the walkways. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I know. You don't want to so leave it. What, what is wrong? Because it, it didn't used to be like that. Oh, no, it probably was. That's actually completely normal. That's, yeah, when they drop their green, when they're not, they're still ripening. And um, it, uh, sometimes it isn't naturally dropping. It's because we've had high winds or we've had squirrels up in the trees knocking them down. And so you're right. They'll drop and then that green fleshiness is still soft. And as it starts to deteriorate, it does turn black and gooey. Frank's got a real look on like his face. Really, really <laughs> yeah, gooey. lovely. Hmm. <laughs> but no, that it, it, it's not, there's nothing... As far as I know, I mean, I'll double check this, but as far as I know, there's nothing unusual about that. That's perfectly normal, though you're right. They normally will stay in the tree long enough that they're more wizened by the time they hit the ground or the ground is frozen enough that we don't see the gooiness. But in September and October, when it's still mild, we do tend to see that black yuck. Are, are you hoping to obtain the actual nut, the walnuts? Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. There's, there's a lovely little uh, store out there on uh, Lakeshore Road, just as you're approaching Niagara yes. Lake. And uh, they sell all sorts of nuts. And mm-hmm. I've never stopped in, and I'm, I'm, I keep oh. promising myself to yeah. do that. Yeah, they, ha- they have some good nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. But thank you for your question. I hope we've uh, satisfied your... Yeah, like I wouldn't be overly concerned, but as I say, um, Erica, I will... <clears throat> let me... I'll do this week while I'm preparing for the show. I will uh, look this up and see if there's anything going on that I'm unaware of. But like I say, as far as I know, just based on the butternuts in my neighborhood and the squirrel action and what they do and the fact that they deposit them all over everybody's property yeah. and they yeah. tuck them. Like, like these, these kind of this black shell, it kind of um, dries onto the walnut then itself mm. and then it's a virtually impossible to get off. Yeah, okay. Mm. Like there, it seems as there's, I don't know, some mm. kind of a disease in the... Um, there could be. So, like I say, leave that with me, and I'll see yeah. what I can find out if there's anything okay. that can be done to, to change that up. Because I, I'm not sort of familiar with anything sort of new going on in the okay. in that area. Well, but I'll listen next week. Listen next week, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Erica. Thank you, Charlie. Yep, and take care of your subdivision out there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Okay, thanks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, I was just speaking with Charlie off-air when we were listening to some of our fine sponsors. Uh, I thought, you know, uh, this time of year, as mm-hmm. we're approaching uh, Christmas season, of course, <laughs> and are we ever, huh? Mm. Um, there might be people out there, Charlie, who... Uh, want to give a, a gift of a plant to a friend, a neighbor, whatever. Great uh, gift. Uh, yeah. Uh, so could you make some, some suggestions? Well, as you pointed out, when we give plant gifts to friends, it's always a bit of a scary thing because, number one, we might not know their homes. We don't know if they have light yeah. mm. levels that are high enough for some plants. And also we don't know their green thumb. Or Everybody has a green thumb, but their willingness to, to mm-hmm. look after a plant. So you know what's one of the best easiest most simple care plants grows in low light conditions grows in high light conditions is virtually impossible to kill and you'll see them in grocery stores but you'll also see them yeah. in garden centers is uh, it, it's usually a glass vase and it's got green plants in the vase and the name on it will be lucky bamboo oh yeah i've seen those yeah you've seen them. you'll see them in corkscrew twists even i couldn't kill it off no, no. you can't kill it you Jeez, cannot kill great. it and it's uh, number one brings luck yeah. it is a it's a lovely gift to give as from a luck perspective they do well in low light they'll do well in bright light all you have to do is add water every now and then because yeah. the water does evaporate and the plant uses it every couple of weeks it's a good idea to refresh the water so pour out the old put in fresh room temperature preferably you know water that's been sitting out for a day or two just that's not full of chlorine and um like i say you can't kill them 
So and they, they do they do like I say give good, good luck good and they add oxygen to the air and you know there's a whole bunch of good reasons why it's always a wonderful gift to give. Absolutely. Just as we're coming to the close of the show, which we are, a mm-hmm. uh, quick shout out to all our friends uh, of the Jewish faith. They've got a big day coming up. Uh, Hanukkah. Uh, celebrate, yeah, the festival. Uh, festival Hanukkah. of Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanukkah starts this Wednesday. So right. yes, want to say happy Hanukkah to everybody. Uh, I know I'll be doing latkes on Friday with the family, and uh, that's, you know, have you ever had potato latkes? Yes. Oh, 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 good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to eat for a week before and after <laughs> because by the time you do deep-fried potatoes covered in sour cream, it's a bit of a fattening meal, but boy, are they good. I see Dave Rudiger and Alan Gelman and the entourage have yeah. arrived for the show. Dave's Corner Garage. We've got to get the studio all cleaned up here for them. All right. So we'll Take be here about half an hour. Dirt and plants yeah. with us. <laughs> Charlie, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Frank. Feel better. Frank's got a yeah, bit of a cough. A bit of a cold. Thanks, Dave. You did great. Great and stuff. Thanks to all our callers. We'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.